0: Revelation chapter twenty two. Um, I guess maybe I should open up in, in explaining um, what we read last week. Well, the last few weeks we've been kind of um, conclude. It's it's been drawing up to the conclusion of this book, um, and obviously Revelation chapter twenty two is the last chapter of the book. So, so. It's going to conclude. It's going to end. Um, there, there is a there's a completeness to the book of Revelation. Um, uh, to eternity, there's no completeness, but because it, it's never ending, it's everlasting. Um, but to to this book of of the events that are going to take place on on Earth and uh, the changes that are going to happen, there comes an end. Um, we we've we finished the tribulation. We've we've finished the one thousand year reign. Uh, we've seen all the evil and pain come to an end, literally be cast into the lake of fire, and, and sin uh, be completely demolished, cast into the lake as well. Uh, we've gotten a glimpse at a new heaven and a new earth. That was the last chapter. Um, we, we even got the dimensions of it. Um, and we're coming to the final portrayal of heaven um, and, and the last warning to the churches of that day and today. Uh, remember, John is writing this to... The seven churches um, of of Asia, in case you don't remember, that's from chapter one, um, which you can, you know, go back and re-listen to all of the the studies um, to get that, but um, continuing in chapter 22, I'm just going to read through it real quick, Um, starting verse one, it says, And he, uh, the angel, showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them and when I had heard and seen I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things then saith he the angel unto me see thou do it not for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book worship God and he say, he saith unto me seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand he that is unjust let him be unjust still And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify you unto these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that, is, uh, that heareth say, Come, and, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Any questions? No. Was it all pretty straightforward? I mean, no confusion. No. Straightforward. Uh, he, so John is is the way that he's finishing this up. He's he's, um, kind of in everything that's already been talked about in regards to um, who Jesus was, the, the tribulation, uh, all of these symbols and signs and things that have happened um, according to everything that, that it, it's been spoken of in, this, in Revelation specifically. Um, he, he brings it back full circle, um, even in verses one and two. He says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of god and of the lamb and this is interesting he says in the midst of the tr- street of it uh and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for he- the healing of the nations this uh this really mimics genesis it mimics the beginning of all creation. Because in the beginning, in the garden, um, there was a river that runs through it. In Genesis chapter 2, and verse 10, it says, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Um, There was um, a question that was asked in uh, the church in Texas. um, Why would God need the water in heaven? What would be the point of having a river? And I don't know. Honestly, I don't. But I, I, I used the illustration of uh, a show that I, I saw when I was younger. Um, and I, I don't remember specifically the name of it. I think it was something like uh, how, how, the, how the states got their shape or something like that. Because um, if you look on a map of the United States, every state is shaped in a weird way. Yet we're the United States, right? We're all one. We should be. All the states should be one together. Um, But they're all shaped differently. So was there like fighting over land? You know, was there uh, some takeover from this state? You know, did California steal all of this? You know, or or how did that happen? Um, the, The show talks about how and why each shape or each state is shaped the way that it is. Every single state on that border connects to a water source. And that's why it's shaped like that. Um, and, and I just assume that the, the water of life is there to shape us. That's what it's there for us, to, to give us our shape. Um, Jesus is the water of life, as we already know. So he, he even says that. He says you know that he'll, he'll give uh, to whoever will come to him the water of life freely. Um, uh, and he, he, he says that he's living water. And that he would provide living water to those that are thirsty and they'd never thirst again. Um, obviously, that's a spiritual indication or a, spir- a spiritual um, application. But um, in, in this particular sense, we don't know if this uh, New Jerusalem or this portrayal of what heaven is is actually what it's going to be or if this is just a symbol of things. I think this is probably what it's going to be like. I think there will be a literal river um, there. And it, but this, this river is not like the river in Eden. This river is different because it represents purity um, and and holiness, and it only comes from the from the throne of God. That's what it says in the first verse. It says uh, it's proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Um, the the waters not dividing this time, like like it did in Eden, um, but it provides purity to the city which it originates in, um, being the you know New Jerusalem, whether it's literal or not. On both sides of the river, um, in verse two, it says there was the tree of life. What's it, which again draws us back to Genesis, back to the beginning. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9 says, And out of the ground made the the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, this tree of life is now obviously in heaven. It's, it's, it's pictured here in Revelation as being taken up into heaven. Um, And this gives further reference to the fact that that we will eat and drink uh, when we go to heaven. Pure water um, and and life giving fruit uh, 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 from a tree um, with 12 different kinds of fruit from one tree, mind you, is what it's saying. You you see an apple tree, you know what it's going to grow. It's not going to grow peaches, but this tree is going to grow 12 different kinds of fruit at once. Um, Some people have likened this to um, like the fruit of the spirit I, and, and I'm not against that you know that's fine but I don't I don't know if I really necessarily uh, would go as far as, as trying to make a connection to that I think this tree of life um, is, is is far more uh, important to uh, a, a different reason um, so when, I hear, when I hear that I think that the tree of life is like all the safe ones I guess. it is right now. Interesting. Like, like, we are, because he calls us the branches. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of, of how that could, or if that, if that's refuted. It's really not refuted. Um, but here, here is, here's what, here's what makes it confusing. That last, can you read that last part? After it says, um, yielded her fruit every month, in verse 2. But after which part? And yielded her fruit every month, right after that. And the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. This is heaven that's being spoken about. Why would there need to be healing? But there is no... He- all, all death has been erased. All, all tears have been wiped away. It's already been spoken about. That's the healing. That's what that's <laughs> Everybody's healed. But why would we need leaves to heal of this tree? And why would we continue to need fruit? Well, that's why I'm thinking... That's why i thinking that we're, the, we're that tree. But that doesn't make sense if, if, if we are the ones healing. Because if we're the branches, we're producing that healing. We aren't producing that healing. that's not our fruit our fruit is is according to you know Galatians is the fruit of the spirit uh, is is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance but this is saying that we have leaves for healing the nations this is what I think I think this is a literal tree um, I think there's uh, um, I, and I've mentioned this before that heaven is Heaven's is going to be. Um, uh, how can I? How can I explain this? Um, there was really no clear-cut explanation, but I, 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 know that this new Jerusalem will be a place like a place of worship. It will be like a church. It will be a place where where we go when we're on Earth. We'll go to this place to worship God and to be with God and to be around God. We'll be with God here on Earth but it will, be the, it will be our new church for the people on earth where we'll all the whole world will gather together and worship the Lord. My assumption is we would have to eventually go back to church to receive a constant renewing and healing, so to speak. That's what we do now as we go to church for a constant renewing and healing. We go to church to worship and, and to be filled again so we can go back out and, and praise the Lord even more. And this may be why the people of earth continuously have access to this tree and can have access to heaven is because they have to keep coming back for a continuous refilling now i don't know there's some scholars that would say that if you don't partake of this tr- this tree or this fruit after a certain amount of time you'll just wither away and probably just poof disappear because there's no hell <laughs> there's no there's no uh death so, you know, what happens if you don't partake of this tree? I think you just kind of casually start to crumble away. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. You made it that far, it? You're going to do whatever you're supposed to do. <laughs> I, would, I would say that uh, the people that, that take a part of this this tree of life are, um, are, are, are people that... Um, well, it's going to be everybody it's going to be everyone that that's been saved it's going to be the whole world um, but they're, they're people that that um, are, are in worship with God that's their time of, of worship that's their their time to partake in that worship and um, in, a, in a renewed spirit um, whether the spirit needs to be renewed every every day like it does today uh, you know when eternity comes I, I don't know I don't I don't know the full extent of it, but I will I will assume that the the leaves providing healing um, is is a factor of uh, being able to be renewed um, as often as as needed. So and the fact that the fruits change every month that's what it says um, kind of gives uh, gravity to uh, once again the, the concept that. It it's something you'll have to be renewed, renewed with. Um, um, Yeah. So it it's not going to if it made if it made so much fruit to the point where, you know, if if there was so there's twelve months in a year, right? This is in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. My assumption is it's not one tree; it's multiple trees. It's probably more than one tree of life. However, uh eventually it's either going to run out of fruit or it's going to have too much fruit because people aren't going to be taking care of it. So it's, it has to change. You know, that's, that's with trees today. They, they, they're, once the fruit gets to a certain point, it, the tree just drops it. You can't, can't continue to grow. It doesn't just get bigger. <laughs> it, just, it just falls off the tree and then dies. Um, and so I, I assume that the, the tree, because it, it, it renews itself or it yields fruit every month, um, that it's it's going to continuously re- reproduce or change its fruit um, every month. And it and it, and it delivers um, uh, 12 manner of fruit, and there's 12 months in a year. If it changes its fruit every month, that would equal out to 12 manners of fruit. Yeah, so it's <laughs> just my assumption. I could be wrong, but that's just what I got out of it. Um it could just be the 12 manner of fruits every single month for the whole year. Um, but then again, time is not even going to really exist in... <coughs> well, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know how that would be calculated or if it would even matter at that point. But um, but verses 3 and 5, which just to kind of move along because we could stick on that for a long time and, and never get anywhere <laughs> with the information here. But verses 3 and 5 says in there... Uh, shall be no more curse. Sin is gone. We already know that. The curse is gone. The curse from sin is gone. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And verse 5 And there shall be no uh, night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Huh? We've we've gone over that like seven times. <laughs> I'm not going to go over it again. <laughs> no. Yeah, um once again, I don't think it's it's a literal name in the foreheads. Um we have we, gone over this in the Old Testament, they used to put the 10 commandments on their on their hands and on their foreheads and between their eyelids and and it says in their frontlets. It's what it says. Um and I don't know if they literally physically did that. I mean, how are they going to write that without a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> to, or without any kind of utensils to write them, um, and it, it also talks about them writing it on their doorposts and stuff like that, which that could very well be. Um, but the the indication is, and and it speaks about this several times throughout Revelation about about even with the beast, it's not going to be a physical mark that you're going to be able to see. It's going to be something that that represents the beast. Um, it could be a physical mark as well, but um, when and God is going to have children even during that time, which we've read in several chapters already and we've gone through (laughs) through it in several chapters already that have their names written his name written on their foreheads his own children already and so now in this particular instance and I've I've already said that that's a symbol It symbolizes that they belong to the Lord that's why they have their names written on it Um, this is also a symbol that they will everybody every single person in the entire world will belong to the Lord that's the symbol that he's trying to portray here once again, it's not. It probably won't be a literal name written on their foreheads. Well, the, the heart, right? the forehead. He has said that, <laughs> and I've gone through that as well. It, I think there's too much time in between us probably, reading chapters. But but it was talked about with God as well, writing writing the symbols. Um, and and this is no different. In this this particular case, it's going to be um, his name on on their foreheads, representing his ownership of everybody. There there is no more. The uh, Satan cannot any longer have any kind of authority or representation of anybody on Earth or in heaven. Um, there's there's no way they can be owned by anyone else. It's only God f- forever. That is it. He is the final um owner of of all humanity all of those that are are left um, which is the whole host of heaven uh, including um, and probably not limited to uh, the angels as well so it's just a representation i don't think we're actually going to have god written on our foreheads and that's not even his name we don't know his name which is another thing that we've we've discussed several times through uh, in fact, that's what John points out. Um, there was a name on Jesus that no one, no one could read. Nobody under, nobody knew it. And then on his side was uh, written uh, "King of Kings and Lord of Lords." Right. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of symbolism here, and I could, we could go back. <laughs> I mean, if we need to, I can, I can look up all of the the stuff in regards to that. Uh, I didn't think that was going to be a question again. <laughs> But uh, it's a symbol of, of ownership. Um, but what's even more important than that, because there's two parts to that verse, the more important part of that is they shall see his face. We have never been able to see God's face. In fact, John one eighteen, Jesus says this, No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Uh, in Exodus 33.20, uh, Moses goes to see the Lord. And wants to see god's face and it says and he said thou canst not see my face you can't see it for there shall no man see me and live it's not it's not because i don't want you to see me it's because if you see me you'll die (laughs) you'll just you'll cease to exist you'll evaporate into nothing you won't even exist in heaven you'll be you'll be gone you'll you'll be dead um in isaiah chapter six and verse six uh gives us representation he comes into one of the holiest places Places, um, I, I think it's in a vision or some sort of um, thought in, in regards to, to the Lord. And he's coming before the Lord, and the angel says, You're not supposed to be here. Um, we need to cleanse you before you can even come into this place, before you can even talk to me or any of the hosts here. You need to be cleansed. And so he takes a piece of coal, of all things, probably the dirtiest thing in that entire temple. He takes a piece of coal that was lighting a fire, and he puts it to his mouth, and he's purified. And it says that, Then uh, flew one of the seraphims unto him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin perched. You are cleansed from a piece of coal touching your lips. (laughs) That's how how pure God's, just his temple is. Um, And we're, we're even told that people who, would die if they if they simply touched the ark of the covenant, which was made by Moses um, and and the priests during that time. In Second Samuel chapter six, we see somebody die. Uh, and when they had come uh, to Nacon's uh, threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen were shaking it because they were trying to move it. And the oxen shook it, and so he just wanted to balance it to make sure it didn't fall over. It says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. <laughs> Uzzah was, was killed simply for touching God's Ark of the Covenant, which was which was made for the purpose of, of, of worshiping the Lord before, before Jesus. And, and God is obviously too whole, holy for us to behold in, in our present state. And even when Jesus was uh, with, with some of the host of heaven, while he was here on earth, he was, it says he was transfigured, which we've talked about again several times throughout this but i'm going to bring it up again um but he was transfigured meaning his his countenance was changed because he was in front of holiness he was in the presence of holiness um when when these these men came to earth in matthew chapter 17 it gives the account says and after six days jesus takes peter james and john his brother and bringeth them uh up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured or changed before them and his face did shine as the sun, because of the holiness that was that was he was near. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Isaiah talking with him. Um, Peter and James and John they couldn't they couldn't be right next to the conversation, so they couldn't hear what was going on. But they saw it all happen. They saw they saw Moses and Isaiah come from heaven and talk to Jesus. <laughs> right in front of them and they were all astounded and there's more to that story and you can you can read it on your own time if you'd like but that's in matthew chapter 17. um but obviously just the presence of 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 these simple men of the old testament in front of jesus was holy enough to change all of jesus's countenance he became he became bright as a light um but here at the end of this at the end of all of of these troubles and all of these tribulations and all these 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 uh, issues and and this disconnect and the sin and, and all of this stuff it says they shall see his face and that's the day that we're able to look into the face of, of God and, and live and what a perfect this is an end this is the ending to all of it and that's 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 a perfect ending to an imperfect world to an imperfect story uh, we will be in such holiness and divinity that we won't even have to worry about looking God directly in the face and that's what God wants the most. He wants He wants us to be able to see eye to eye with him. Uh, his light will shine bright for us as, as verse number five tells us uh, in those days so we won't even have to, to worry about seeing or, or turning on a light. Um, there won't be a need for electricity in, to see in those days. Um, because God will be present with us, and we will continually reflect His present presence forever. And that's what it, that's what it even says. God giveth them light. Um, but that's that's the that's the end. Verse five is the actual end of all of those things in Revelation. That's that's the end of all of the symbols. That's the end of all of the sights. That's the end of of everything that was that's going to take place in the future. When we get to verse number six, it transitions. Now it's back to reality. Now it's back to here on earth. Now it's back to just John's rest of his life. And after seeing everything that he saw, it gets kind of interesting. It says, and he said unto me, these things are faithful and true. The angels is talking to, to Peter. Everything that you saw, everything that you heard, these are faithful and and they're true. These, uh, these sayings are faithful and true. And, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel, the, the one that's talking to him, to show unto his servants, which is John and whoever he writes the letters to, the things which must shortly be done. And we get to be a part of that as well. We're his servants. Verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Uh, once again, Jesus warns about how quickly he's coming. In the beginning of this book, he tells us in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, when we think of something that's at hand, sometimes we often think, like, okay, it's next to us. It's, it's near. Some, it's, it's somewhere that I, it's, it's within reach. But this, what it's saying here is is at hand, meaning it's, it's in, it's, it's here, it's not near, it's already here. As soon as Jesus ascended into heaven, we entered the last days. As soon as that happened, we are now living in the last days. We're not living in the tribulation, but we're living in the last days. And, and we're looking forward to that time when we're raptured up and we're in this era of, of the tribulation because we won't we won't be here to experience all of the, the cruelty and all of the, the un, unnecessary... Uh, um, spoils of this world i suppose if you can call it that but it's it's he's he's reverting it back to to john saying remember what this was for this wasn't just for you to to be amused for this time to to, it wasn't just for you to just write down some ideas of what the end was going to be like this was so you can change the churches for now remember this is happening in the future and we don't have to worry about what happens in the future if we, if we focus on the now, we can change things from happening, we can keep things from happening, we can prolong things from happening. However, ultimately, the Lord has everything timed specifically. He knows exactly when all these things will take place. And, but he's, he's telling John, wake up wake up the churches. He wrote it for the churches who need to rethink about their purposes and goals. He, he wrote it for the, the Christians who have fallen out of love with the Lord. He's, he wrote it for the Christians who need to wake up and realize the necessity of proclaiming God's word and loving God more, especially as these things take place and unfold and, and we know and we're prepared. He, he wrote it for us to be prepared and, and to others so that they'll get serious about the Lord. Because he has he, he was warning about how quickly he was coming to John back in, in AD twenty or ninety six when this was written. It was is written in, in, in the year ninety six. Two thousand years later now and the warning is, is even more dire. If the time was at hand then it's basically here now <laughs> how much longer how much longer do you think we have? He's warning John, saying, Wake up, these Christians. Verse 8 says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And and when I had heard and seen, I I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he, uh, then says the angel unto me, See thou do it not, don't worship me. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Um, John, once again, falls for the, the same stupid trap he fell into before. And he, if you don't remember, he, he did this already. He worship, tried to worship an angel, and the angel told him not to do that. Um, he, we know this angel is legitimate because if he wasn't, he would probably accept the worship. John has the opportunity at this point to refocus on what this is all about. Um, In case you don't remember, our ten rules from the beginning of this, which we had ten rules going into this book (laughs) in the very first chapter. um, The very last rule that we had going into this chapter was this is all about Jesus. Everything that is written from, from cover to cover, everything that's written in this entire book of Revelation is about Christ. He's the center of it. We don't need to seal this book up. But We have to remember that the time is at hand. And Jesus is the only way we can avoid that time. Verse 11 says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. We should never be in the business of trying to change someone else the way we think they should be. Um, We tell the people the truth. and and then God does the rest. If they continue to reject God, that's up to them. Um, All we must do is water the seed, and and we have to stop planting new ones. Uh, I think we we try and plant more seeds than we water. Um, If they they want to live unjustly, let them live in their unrighteousness. Um, Let them live in their filth. But if they want to live in righteousness, then let them live in their righteousness. In fact, encourage them into that and then, and, and let them continue to seek holiness eventually these things will come to pass anyway we can't put a stop to to, to the sins of this world and to the ultimate destruction of everything um, and when it does there will be nobody with an excuse as to what is happening and why they shouldn't suffer through it uh, too many churches are like those of the time John was writing this book today today uh, not only so, but John literally writes this not too long after the first church is established. The churches start off really well in the book of Acts. And then this is written shortly after that first church, and you can see the falling away already. Today, it is, it is a plethora of churches that are, that are liter- literally mimicking this book. It, it didn't take long for the churches to fall into sin. The church today is running rampant in these sins, and there's even more of them than there was before. A majority of them are just here in America, let alone around the entire world. This was quite a sight for John to see. It, it was something that, that made him obviously undone just by the simple fact that he fell at, at, at this angel's feet to worship him Twice. Uh, but the angel reminds him here of his ultimate purpose and goal with this information, and that is to prepare people, to warn the churches, to turn around and, and warn the people about what is to come if things are not changed. And sadly, there's too many churches at this point to ch- to, to make that that change or to to prolong that change. But verses 12 um, to 16, um, he kind of he kind of finishes off. This angel finishes off with, with, um, with saying what he needs to, to say. John is, is writing the last account of this angel. He says, And behold, I come quickly, um, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I Jesus have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright morning star. Some people believe that the the ones that the letters that are written in red here is Jesus speaking. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's the angel speaking. I think the angel is just saying what Jesus told him to say. Um, which has been the case through this whole thing. But this is Jesus speaking through the angel, so to speak. Um, but he's, 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 he's further sealing the sayings here by connecting it with Jesus himself. He's saying this is not just something that I just made up. It's not something that I'm just trying to portray a message to. This is something that Jesus said. This is something that Jesus is actually clarifying. Um, it's not just just something that that... Uh, we can just kind of take with a grain of salt this is absolute truth Um, but Jesus brings it all full circle once more to the beginning Um, yet again speaking about the bright and morning star and if you don't remember that portion of the study we did talk about that as well in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 28 and I will give him the morning star that's what it says and and several times after that it talks about the morning star Um, but he clarifies here that he is the morning star Um, we're we are not at this point of, of the, the rapture or the tribulation yet and so it gives us vitality to be more prepared um, better equipped, more compassionate uh, increasingly earnest to love God more and to share the truth with others and to love people more and to do the work that needs to be done before it's too late before you can't and not only so but, but we look forward to the day when we get to enter through those gates and take part in the tree of life with the other believers. We're not perfected yet, but we will be someday. Of Philippians chapter three, Paul says, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I'd already attained, either we're already perfect. I'm not I haven't made it there yet. I'm not perfect. And I won't be. Even if I lived a hundred lives, I still wouldn't be perfect. Even if I if even if I lived a hundred lives through Christ, I still wouldn't be perfect. It would be impossible for me to ever achieve that. He says, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived, I haven't obtained Christ yet. He says, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I, I don't. It doesn't matter what's going on behind me. It doesn't matter what my past said or what my past did. It doesn't matter the sins that I just uh, you know committed uh, yesterday. I'm pressing forward. That's the direction I'm going. That's where I need need to be. And so I'm just looking forward to that. I'm never going to be perfect, but one day. We will be in heaven perfected. Right now, I can never be perfect, but I'm looking forward to that day. And we have to seek for that perfection that we'll receive in eternity while we're continuing here on earth. That's, that's the ultimate goal. Um, and then verses 17 to 19, he says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And, and let him that heareth say, Come. And him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Um, this is John finishing up this letter. This is, this is, remember, he's writing this to the churches. So he's, he's ending the letter here. He's saying, The spirit and the bride say come, and whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. In other words, John is saying is the invitation still open? Uh, both Christ and the church are crying for for the lost to come to the water of life and be partakers of the free everlasting gift. There's coming a day when it will be closed off. What do we do then? What do we do uh, when when we know? that others need to, to hear the gospel. Maybe there's somebody that we can think of that needs to hear the gospel and we know that there's gonna be a day when that, that invitation is closed off. You know, who, who do we claim to love that we've never shared the gospel with? And it can be anybody, it can be parents, it could be children, it could be spouses, it could be friends, it could be neighbors, it could be coworkers, it could be even people in our church, people that are around us, people that we claim to know and care for and we've never shared the gospel not once. Even people that we think are saved and we've never shared the gospel. I don't know. Uh, I can't think. And maybe there has been, but I can't think of a single person from any church that I've been to. And I've been to three now uh, that I've been a part of that has ever come to me and, and shared the gospel with me since I've been a Christian. Not one. Which might be a good thing. It might mean I, I, I portray that a, a salvation or a testimony. Well, to to gospel, so. But, <laughs> but that's that's different than somebody sitting down with me and talking to me about Jesus. That's completely different than ju- it, you can be preached to until you're blue in the face. But to be sat down and talked to, to be witnessed to, face to face, a conversation. That's what we need. We need less preaching and more conversation. Less preaching, more Bible study. Less preaching, more uh, gathering together and talking about eternity. We have a lot of preaching. Actually, to be honest, a pre- preachers are kind of a dime a dozen. What we need is teachers. <laughs> what we need is people that can actually uh, relate to people, that can actually talk to people, sit down with people. Even if they, they proclaim to be saved, those people still need to be talked about with, uh, about Jesus Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 uh, we're reminded um, by Jesus he says behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I'll come into him and will sup with him and he with me but again that door is going to be closed eventually that door will be locked eventually he'll stop knocking he invites everyone to come to his this free gift of life. But he also warns all those that don't take part in sharing this gift by removing words or, or adding words to this particular book of Revelation. And whether he simply meant the book of Revelation or simply the Bible as a whole, may, may, it doesn't really matter. We have to be watchful and cautious about God's word being properly distributed. Second 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul reminds us, Study. God's Word, specifically, to show yourself approved to God. God approves of that. God will use you if you're studying. He says a workman that needs to not be ashamed by being able to rightly divide the Word of Truth. If you can rightly divide the Word of Truth, that means there's a way you can wrongly divide it. You have to be able to know how to rightly divide God's Word. That is the most important thing for us to do. The other day, I had a friend. A friend who messaged me and said that he really wants to start um, serving in the church. Um, he hasn't been going to church. Uh, he hasn't been going to Bible studies. He hasn't really been involved, but um, he's been busy with work. And on Sundays, he can't go to church. And um, and I don't really blame him. He works for some really crazy shifts, um, like 12-hour shifts, um, sometimes even like 48-hour shifts, like nonstop 48-hour shifts, almost like a doctor would work. Um, and uh, he gets you know small breaks in between, but he um, wanted to to start working you know a different maybe a different ministry because he can't show up on on Sundays. Maybe he could help you know clean the church or something. And I reminded him the importance of of study, of being around Jesus, being around the Word of God more than than work. And and I say this because. There's a lot of people that can do work. A lot of people that are willing to do work. But not many that are willing to just sit and listen. And Jesus, he, he literally references this with, with Mary and Martha. I mean, Martha's going around, she's cleaning up and trying to prepare for Jesus, and Jesus is there, but she's you know trying to, to feed the disciples and trying to feed Jesus and trying to clean up and trying to keep everything clean. And her sister Mary is just sitting there next to Jesus. And so Martha goes over to Jesus and says... Can you tell her to help me? Like what? <laughs> she I'm I'm busy doing all of these things and she's just sitting there. And Jesus says, "Martha, you've chosen a really important task, and, and, and I'm not diminishing that, but your sister's chosen something far more important." And that if that doesn't cut you to the heart, that certainly cut Martha to the heart. But that should cut every single person's to the heart because we we choose to just do these things do 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 and not sit and just listen that's what jesus really wants from us he says it's far more important to just sit and listen and to study god's word and to be able to use it correctly than to just be able to just do whatever he tells you to do that's what this book is for is to help us be reminded these churches they were doing some really great things these churches that, that he was writing to were, were doing some some astounding work for the lord but they weren't listening they weren't doing what jesus told them to do they, they they were far busy doing things that just that that looked good and sounded good and and it seemed like it was going in the right direction and they weren't focused on just doing what jesus wants being with jesus loving jesus Showing other people who Jesus is. Even just taking that in for themselves. And then it, it, and it's easy for any, any person any child of God to just be in that trap of, of, of constantly doing when we should just be sitting and watching and waiting and listening. That's what we should be doing. Which actually brings us to verses 20 to 21. And this is a perfect closer. He says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. The one that, that makes sure that this is real is Jesus. And he says, I'm coming quickly. And I, and I love how this verse 20 ends. Amen. Even so, this is what John says. Come, Lord Jesus. Once again, we get the warning of Jesus stating that in the speed in which he, he will return it's quickly. Obviously, he's, he's coming sooner than we think. Uh, we are ill-prepared for it. But it, it won't stop him from coming. Some are under the impression that waiting on Jesus um, and waiting for his coming is, is to deny our duties as Christians and, and relaxing in a form of what they've called escapism. It's it's a form of, of trying to, to just look, look for the coming of Christ and, and stop what we're doing to, to look for that. But this is how the Bible as a whole ends. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That's the ending. And this should be highlighted in every Bible, in all honesty. We're, we're ill-prepared, but that is exactly why we look forward to Jesus' coming. We, we look forward to his, his return. The world's not prepared, and it seems to be falling apart more and more. The churches have lost their love, and, and so it's vital that we hope for the return of, of Christ coming back for his saints. We should all be under the same impression as John is here and saying, "Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I'm not prepared, but come. I, wish, I just, I just need you. I need you to come because this is this is all this is all going to nothing. Uh, I, I, am not ready, but I want you to return because I want to be ready. I want to. I want to be in in eternity." I, don't, I know there's, there's, there's people that are not saved, Lord, but I still want you to return. But until then, John tells us what we're supposed to be doing in verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We strive for the grace and love of Christ, for eventually it will be exchanged for judgment and suffering. any questions any thoughts concerns or complaints i'm sure there's there could be some complaints